The following message is from Hope Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. We exist to connect people to live the life of a Jesus follower. More information about Hope Church can be found at hopechurchonline.com. Good morning. You've kind of gotten used to that uh, little tune there, haven't you? Me too. Unfortunately, today, fortunately and unfortunately, today's the last sermon in this series. It's gone by so quickly. It's been 17 weeks, believe it or not. But man, has it been a real blessing to us. It's been an awesome journey that God has taken us on. I mean, think about it. Over the past 17 weeks, we've talked about a lot of stuff, right? The protection of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the patience of God, how much he loves us, how much we should love him. The last couple of weeks, we've talked about the Word of God. been an incredible, incredible series. We've seen some awesome things. And we've really, I think, seen the heart of God. And that's what we've been talking about over these past 16, previous 16, but now 17 weeks. When we started this series, Pastor Vance, if you remember, he got up and he told us that the book of Psalms, here's what he said. He said it's a divinely inspired playlist of songs. And he played an awful song at the beginning. Sweet Home Alabama. I had to close my ears three times that day. But it's a divinely inspired playlist of songs that describe every possible kind of human emotion and experience. He went on to say this. In many ways, the Psalms are the blues of the Bible. It's a collection of songs. Psalms literally refers to songs accompanied by instruments, he said. They are songs inspired by God for his people to worship, to enjoy, and to know God through them. In fact, the book of Psalms, he said, reveals the very heart of God of God. Great reason to go through it, right? And I totally believe and agree that over the past 17 weeks, and I think you'd agree with me too, that we've seen and experienced the heart of God through this study that we've had in the book of Psalms. But know this, no matter what we've talked about, the predominant theme of Psalms is one thing, praise. No matter what we talked about the last 16 weeks, praise is at the very heart and center of Psalms. Praise to our God. Praise to Him. The Hebrew title, in fact, for the book of Psalms is literally this. Book of Praises. So praise the Lord today for that. So let's, if you have your Bible, if you don't, it'll be on the screen. Let's read Psalm 150 today together as a conclusion and a bookend to what we've talked about over the past 16 previous weeks. Psalm 150, we're going to read the whole chapter. For those of you who don't have your Bible, there's only six verses. But we're going to read the whole chapter. So here we go. And I want you to notice when we read, I want you to kind of go to your study mode and I want you to think through what the important feature is here or the important theme is in this chapter. The psalmist says this, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty expanse. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then he ends up with what he said at the beginning, Pastor Hyden. Praise the Lord. Any questions? 
Pastor Teddy, we're ready for you. Let's begin by defining. There's now. I'll, I'll warn you before we start. We have five points, but they're going to go so fast you won't even know that there's five. But there's five. Okay. Point number one. Let's begin by defining what exactly praise is. So, point number one. What is praise? Five questions today. What is praise? What does this mean when the psalmist says, "Praise the Lord"? Praise is our response of knowing God. When we praise Him, it's because we know Him. It's hard to praise somebody you don't know. Amen? Our response of knowing God is what praise should be. Praise should be given to what we worship. As Christians, we worship God. Here, He says, the Lord, Yah or Jah here, Yahweh, the divine name of God. Praise God. Praise isn't worship. But it is a part of worship. And so today what I'd like to do is I'd like for you to see this. When I say praise, I don't mean just worship, even though it is in that context. And praise is a part of worship. Worship is kind of the whole of our lives. You understand that if you're not in this sanctuary, you're worshiping. All the time. The way you work, that's worship. The way you treat people in the Walmart checkout line. That's worship. Amen. You say, that's not my worship. Yeah, I think I've been behind you. We worship all the time. But here, 13 times, he says praise. He doesn't say worship. He could have said worship. He knows that word. Why would he say praise here? Pastor Hyden, let me, I need my prop. Some people think I'm the prop guy. Everybody knows what this is, right? Big week, big weekend. Go Vols! Woo-hoo! They play today at 4. I will not be here at the 6.30 service. Just kidding. Next week, some of you are going to wear your jerseys in honor of the first day of NFL season. I see it every year. We're going to have fights in the parking lot. The Broncos and the Chargers and the, the Cardinals and watch out for the Giants fans. Oh! All right. I want to show you something, though. When, I, when we talk about praise and we talk about worship, I want to give you a, 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 a visual to go with, okay? How many, of you, how many of you guys played football at some point in your life, right? So when I say offense and defense, you know what I'm saying, right? So when I say I'm going to play offense... That means the quarterback, the running back, the, 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 the offensive line, the wide receivers, the whoever else is that I didn't mention who would be offended that I didn't mention them. That's playing football, you understand, but most of the time, offense doesn't play defense. There are two different things going on. There's the offense and there's the defense. In fact, on the offense, there's the quarterback. There's the one guy who throws the ball, who calls the plays, if you will. There's the guy who's the receiver who catches the ball. And all of that together is playing football, but they each have an individual job. Here's how I want you to view praise. Praise is worship, but it's not all of worship. And I want to hone down in today for you on exactly what praise is, because I think some of us have forgotten. Or maybe we didn't know. Worship. 
Worship is more general. Praise is very specific. If I went around the room today to those who would say that you're Christian, and I ask you, do you praise the Lord? And I ask you, do you worship the Lord? Most of you would say, of course I worship the Lord. But do you praise Him? Like it's part of that worship, praise. Praise the Lord. Praise Yah. Praise Yahweh. The psalmist exhorts us here. What are, who are we supposed to praise? That which we worship. The word praise is written 13 times. It's used 73 times throughout the whole book. But in this one chapter, 13 different times. Not worship, praise. Praise is literally the word hallelujah, which we get our word hallelujah from. Listen to what hallelujah means. Boy, this will put it into perspective. Pastor Teddy, you're going to love me today. I don't know where you're meeting, but it's not going to be big enough. I'm setting you up. <laughs> Hallelujah, listen to what it means. It means to be boastful, to shine, to show. How about this one? Even to appear foolish or absurd. When people watch you praise, when, when they look at how you praise the God that you believe in and worship, you look foolish. I've seen some of y'all looking foolish. I'll be honest. But isn't that a good thing? Who deserves it besides him? To be foolish or, or to appear absurd. He commands that we praise the Lord and maybe even look foolish and absurd in it. Absurd in it. Pastor Hyden. We talk about praise, though. The subject always comes up about why people refuse to or don't want to publicly praise the Lord. Here are three. Okay, you ready? I can't sing. That's, that's one of the first ones. Why are you not praising the Lord? Well, I can't sing. I've sat beside you, I know. Here's what I want you to know. Your ability isn't important. Believe it or not, I used to be in the choir. That's right, tenor section. Did you hear that? I sat around people who couldn't sing. They were awful. I tried to migrate to the one guy who could stay on, you know. I'm like, if I could just get close to him, because I know he's got the right, or he, he sounded better than everybody else. He may not have been better, to be honest with you. And I've seen choirs all over. Listen, I've been Baptist all my life. We're some of the worst. <laughs> all the choirs had people in them who individually, to be honest with you, sounded, mm, at best, so-so. No offense, choir. Sorry. But it's true. Your ability doesn't matter. God made you. He knows you're supposed to sound that way. The second thing I hear a lot is this. I don't feel like singing. Not only is your ability not important, your feelings aren't. Your feelings aren't important either. I mean, think about it. Is that what you would tell your boss or your mortgage company? Ah, I just don't feel like it. <laughs> so, 
I'm thinking about keeping that 2000 this month. I just don't feel like writing the check. You know, boss, I know you need me in and I need that job, but I just, you know, I really feel like today just eating bonbons. If you wait until you feel like praising God, you never will. That may be the very thing that's wrong with our culture today. Everybody thinks they have to feel a certain way. Our feeling may be the last thing to show up. I want you to know that. Because our feelings will follow our faith. I've seen lots of funerals in here this past year. I've seen a lot of people, while they were grieving and sad, I've seen them say stuff like this. I know where my husband and my wife is. It doesn't feel good, right? But your feelings follow your faith. And God says, praise the Lord. The psalmist here writes to us, praise God, the one that you worship. It's not about how you feel. It's not about do you have the ability. The third thing I often hear is this. I think praising is a private matter. It's, it's kind of personal. The third thing is not important are, are your opinions. It's not a private matter. I mean, I hope it's a private matter. I hope you praise God privately like you do publicly. If this is the only place you praise, you might have a big problem. I hope this isn't the only place. But we're a body. If the elbow does something and the, the leg's ignorant to it, how crazy is that? Man, I want to see you praise. You, your praising encourages me. Sometimes the only encouragement I have is when I see you in a situation that you're in and know some of the things that you deal with in your life, but you still praise God. Man, what encouragement that is. The body needs to do things together. Else we're not a body. Disconnected body parts are dead. Makes a dead body. The psalmist here is speaking of exorbitant, outward praise, but praise that has a purpose as well. Praise with a purpose. It's a response of surrender. Uh, it's a dependence. Uh, letting God know that we are totally dependent on Him. Is it thankfulness? It is, but it's even something aside from that. Praise and thanksgiving. God, we know who you are here the second question that we have for today is where should we praise? Because the psalmist answers that too. In verse 1, he says, praise God in his sanctuary. And in his mighty, the New King James says, firmament. The, the literal translation of that word firmament literally is visible arch of the sky. Where should we praise him? In the sanctuary. In this one? Yes. When we're together? Absolutely. Where we praise God together, when we come together, you better believe it. And man, we got an awesome team to lead us, but you need to be a part of that. When they stop singing, you're still singing. It works better that way. You're giving praise to God. This isn't a concert up here. We should worship together in his presence. In this room together as a family of faith, we're supposed to worship. But also in the mighty expanse, in the firmament, he said, in the visible arch of the sky. Where is that? Everywhere. 
Everywhere. A couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, we went to a Brian Head. Have you ever been to Cedar Breaks? Anybody ever been there? You should go try it. Unbelievably beautiful, right? Some of you have been to the Grand Canyon. Some of you have been to the ocean, and you've looked out into the ocean, and, and you've said, praise you, Lord. Wow, what you've made. Wow, what you've created. Where are we supposed to praise him? Together inside this place. But wherever else you are, in your closet, when you do your quiet time, praise him. When you're on your job, when you're out in public, when you see the great creation that he's made, where should we praise? Really simply, everywhere. In his holy place, in this earth, everywhere. That's where we should praise. Why should we praise? He answers that question in verse number 2. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. We should praise him because he has mighty deeds. He has mighty acts. I mean, think about it. Salvation. Some of us have gotten over that. God took you. You know the song we just sang just a minute ago, Scandal of Grace? Scandal is kind of a negative word in our society. Scandal, you think about, ooh, Watergate. You know, what a scandal. But you know the literal word scandal? It does mean stumbling block. God put the stumbling block of grace in our way so that we wouldn't run headlong into hell. Because of his mighty deeds. Because of his mighty acts. I mean, you think about the Israelites when they thought about this. They could, they could list it off, right? The Red Sea, the manna from heaven, the plagues. Because of his mighty deeds. Listen, God has done things for you that you may not even realize. And someday when you do realize them, the first thing you say is praise the Lord. Something in my life happened this week, and that's exactly the first thing that came out of my mouth. I said, you just did something nobody else could do. Praise you, Jesus. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. He's unique. There's nobody like him. When we think of a person who's perfect and never done anything wrong, we can't think of anybody aside from God who's like that. Amen? His excellent greatness. His abundance. This word literally means stoutness. People who know me, it's kind of funny. I use that word a lot. I don't know why my grandfather did, so I do. But it means to be strong and firm. That there's no comparison. Nobody else who could, could have accomplished the things that he's accomplished because nobody else is like him. Why should we praise? Because of who he is. Because of what he's done. But then fourthly, how can we praise? And he begins to... Teddy, David, he just starts going down the instrument list. What do we have to play? I mean, if they had played spoons, it would be on this list. Look what he says. With the trumpet. This was the shofar. This was the, the ram's horn, if you will. Blow it, he said. With the harp. With the lyre. That was kind of a, a little handheld harp, if you will. Kind of small. With the timbrel, the tambourine. Ooh, we need to get one else. With stringed instruments, guitars, piano, anything with a string. 
with the pipe. A pipe was a, a, any instrument that had a reed that vibrated. I don't know, maybe a duck call for all I know. With loud cymbals, with resounding cymbals. Here's what he said. Praise is audible. It's not silent. Praise is audible. How can we praise? Audibly. Praise is audible. Secondly, praise is visible. Look what he says. Now this is going to, this will tear Baptists right out of their skin. With dancing. I don't think he was talking about like some of our famous people these days. But he said there's a reason to dance. There's a reason to move. God has done something. Dance. I don't know if you've ever been overseas or ever seen different cultures. They dance. Praise may look different, but it's real. Raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. I don't care. Close your eyes. Don't close your eyes. We're here to praise God with everything that we have that's visible to. I don't want you to go this far, but David danced naked. Do that at home. Praise is also joyful. All these instruments were used in celebration. We are here to celebrate today. We've come to celebrate and praise the one who has the mighty deeds, the one who has excellent greatness. And we're going to pull out all the stops. We're here to celebrate. You know, when you're filled with joy, you'll do that. They wanted to praise out of thankfulness. They wanted to praise out of the joy that God gave them. Even the happiness that may be fleeting. They wanted to praise the Lord. Listen, as I've said these things, does that describe you? Feelings follow faith. I can't sing. I don't feel like it. Feelings follow faith. It's private. Feelings follow faith. Faith. We are commanded here to praise the Lord. And then number five, who should we praise? He makes it very clear, and you'd be surprised at what he says here, right? He says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's all of us. All of us. Anything that God has given breath to, anything that God has given life to, is supposed to praise Him. Pastor Brian and I were talking just a second before I stepped up here. There are some incredibly talented musicians in our world. I mean, unbelievable, right? I don't know who your favorite group, your favorite band growing up was. I don't know who your favorite singer is, was, whatever. Do you know that they were all created to praise him? That's not what I've seen on TV lately. But that is why they were created. He said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. In other words, allow it, let it, may it happen. 
There's no one who's ever been created that wasn't supposed to praise God. How many of us in the room have breath? Every one of you. Then I challenge you, I challenge you, I challenge you to literally praise him. Worship generally. Praise specifically. Now, I know I'm about to begin to step on some toes. And I really do love you and care about you. And the reason I say this for those of you who struggle in this area is because I really do love you. Last week we had, um, you may not have noticed of course, but there was a couple from Asia here last, with us last week. Um, they didn't speak, speak much English at all. In fact, hardly any. They came to the morning and the night service. The night service, they sat in the back. And I was standing in my usual spot there. And I looked down and my friend, who's a Christian, in a, in a very difficult country to live in and be a Christian. I won't tell you where. He had his hands raised. He didn't have a clue what we were saying. And in my sight, I could see other people who do know what we're saying. And it was a lot like this. How can a guy who has no idea what we're saying praise the Lord at the same time we are? How do we not get that? They stood, they sang, while some of the rest of us believed that Teddy was doing a concert. We're here to praise the Lord. You're here to praise the Lord. You say, I'm here for the preaching. Praise the Lord. I'm glad because you're hearing this. Listen, we're here to praise God in the singing. Praise God. We're here to praise God in the giving. For those of you who every week when you come, this is also a job for you because you're volunteering at every point. Listen, you're praising God as you volunteer. And yes, we are praising God as we hear the word of God. But it's all of that. All of that is praise. If you're here only to listen to the word, you're missing a huge part of what we intend for you. If you're here only to sing the songs and listen to the music, you've missed it too. My intent is not to guilt you into anything or to even make you feel bad. If I could, I would. But listen, if he is your God, when we sing, why would you not? doesn't matter what you sound like. doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't even matter what your opinion is. This is your God. I mean, think about over these past 13 years, everything, if you've been here that long, everything we've seen, and maybe if you've only been here a year, but somewhere in that process, three, four, six, eight, ten years, think about all the things that we've seen here together. If you've been here a long time, you saw the nomadic nature of hope. 
I don't even know how many times we moved, but a lot. We saw the loss of some amazing Jesus followers that called Hope home. Through either death or even moving. We saw hundreds of people saved and baptized. We've seen, we've seen weddings, births of children. We've seen adoptions. And who can forget the flood? God's allowed us to plant several churches. You know, not everybody gets to do that. God has allowed us to work overseas to see His kingdom and be involved in His good pleasure. And in all of that, I can tell you, we didn't see the Red Sea part like the Israelites did, but we did see the Cactus Sea part. (laughs) We haven't seen manna from heaven, but I promise you this, we've seen God meet every resource need we have. We didn't see the death angel pass over our door as, 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 as lamb's blood was put over that lintel. But I tell you, there are some in this room, including myself, who've given their life to Christ. And I'll promise you, the death angel has passed over us because of him. Some of you here have been here for less than a year. But for all of us in this year, maybe you've lost a loved one this year. I, I look out and I see several people who, that's your testimony. Your husband, your wife, your child, a grandparent, aunt, uncle, niece, nephew, some relative, your friend, you lost them this year to the Lord. Some have moved here this year. Some of you have lost your job. Some of you got married this year. Some of you this year found out you had cancer. Some of you found out you had some other terminal disease that the world says you're not going to live long. We've seen God bless in mission this year greatly. We've sent people out. We've heard their testimonies. Some of you were saved this year. We baptized a lot of you last week. Whether you've had a tough year or whether you've had an awesome, incredible, healthy year, I want you to hear me say this. That's not what matters. If your circumstances decide for you how you'll praise the Lord, then you don't see that correctly. This year, what happened is not what matters. What matters is that we should praise the Lord. I want to end the service today with a paraphrase of a quote Pastor Vance made just last week about why we don't worship. About why we don't praise the Lord. Here was his quote last week, and I'm going to change it just a little bit. His quote was, and it's true, the absence of worship is when someone has an an inadequate view of God. But I want to tweak it just a little bit for today, and here's the way I want to say it. The absence of praise occurs When someone has an inadequate view of God. So what's your view of God? What is your view of Him? For His excellent deeds. For His excellent greatness. Praise Him with everything that we have. Praise the Lord. Everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. The answer to this question might just lead you to the reason you have a tough time praising God. Maybe you have an inadequate view of who he is.
So today, I want you to have the right one. The one that says there's no one beside you. Forever the hope in my heart. Is there anyone like Jesus? The answer is no. Is there anyone who would love us like our God has loved us? We got something to praise about. We got a person to praise. We got a reason to praise. We got a place to praise. Yeah. So we're going to end the sermon a little bit different today. This is not the time to get up and walk out. We're going to practice this. So we've got the group together today, and I'm going to kind of lead us out, and this may scare you. It's scaring me right now because you're going to hear me. As we stand and we begin to sing, let's just dream a dream. What if all of us sang together? Listen, I want you to act like there's nobody else in the room but you and the Lord. Who cares what people think? Yeah. Doesn't matter what you sound like. Let it go. Because I'll tell you this. The thing I learned in choir, Pastor Teddy, is all the voices together yeah. sound beautiful. Some of the pastors are going to be right here at the front. If you want to come give your life to Christ, listen, I don't want to stop you from doing that today. If you need to pray with one of the the pastors, they'd be happy to pray with you. But basically, the way we're going to end our service today is we're all going to stand together and we're going to sing. And we're going to praise the Lord together. Thank you for listening to this message from Hope Church. We would love to connect with you, so be sure to follow us on our social networks by searching Hope Church LV.